0: Welcome to the Event Tech Podcast, where we explore the ever-evolving world of event technology every week. This show is brought to you by Endless Events, the event AV company that doesn't suck. Now, let's talk tech. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Event Tech Podcast. We have an exciting episode, very timely, ready for you guys. Um, and we have a little bit of a different setup today. Uh, we have a, an additional co host who is helping out today for today's podcast, joined via the awesome thing known as social isolation remote recording. That man sitting over there is the
1: hilarious Andrew Latimer of Endless Events. <laughs> And as you're all well accustomed to, is our longtime host, the warm and whimsical Will Curran. Oh,
0: was, was this like a hyphenated, or is that was, was or is that multiple, you picked like three different uh, words? I picked
1: two, yeah. It, it all, was, right, uh, all right, it, cheating it, it, a little there bit. There were some but, good um, ones on there. It, it just kind of felt like it needed two to catch me up on. Uh, <laughs> on all the adjectives that you've been yeah, missing out on? <laughs> yeah, it's <that's> my first <laughs> chance to uh, get to do that, even though I've been here a few times before. Definitely,
0: definitely. So if you haven't yet, go back and listen to the episodes with Andrew uh, where we've talked about AV and uh, all all these crazy topics and things like that. Um, So definitely go back if you aren't familiar with Andrew's amazing knowledge. But today um, we're doing things a little bit differently. There's um, a lot going on in the events industry and there's a lot of transition happening. And one of those biggest transitions is the transition from in-person events to virtual events. So we wanted to do an episode to kind of talk a little bit about all of the things that we've been talking to our clients about—it uh, seems like every five minutes we've been doing client calls and talking about a lot of similar strategies and um, you know capabilities and things like that. So we wanted to give people an idea of what was possible because that's what it seems like the number one question that we get is. How? What is possible when it comes to virtual events? You know what? What? What is all the different possibilities? Um, you know all that sort of stuff. So I want to bring Andrew on because he's been literally talking with clients and implementing these strategies, literally from everything from a simple web stream, more webinar setup, all the way to a fully complex virtual event, um, complete with networking and all that jazz. So. Andrew, are you ready to start dropping some knowledge bombs for everybody? Absolutely. Let's do it. All right. All right. So um, obviously we've been talking, uh, beginning with a lot of clients, and we've been saying, hey, you know, when it comes to virtual events, it's time to close your eyes and start dreaming about what's possible. And so starting to kind of walk everyone through at a basic level, what is the most simple version of a virtual event? And wh- what is possible with that very, very simple virtual event?
1: Sure. So I think there's... Yeah. A lot of people experience virtual events on a daily basis uh, in their office and corporate meetings already. So you can join a webinar through Zoom or Skype or WebEx. Uh, so I think at the most rudimentary level, that would qualify as a virtual event. When you know the C-suite of a company is getting together in the conference room and the rest of the company joins from their desks, it's, it's still an event. Uh, now with that, there's obviously limitations, uh, you know, the platform that you're viewing in, whether it is zoom or Skype or whatever it may be, that is built for web conferencing. So you're going to see, you know, people's screens popping in and out. There's not a lot of control to it. Uh, you could have a couple people that are just, you know, not paying attention. You see them in the background, wandering off. It's not going to be professional. You know, to me, that's just kind of like, wandering into a boardroom. Uh, to, to me, a virtual event really does start once we go one step above that, and that would be your more traditional live stream. So you see them on YouTube or Facebook or Twitch or any of these social media platforms already. Now we're just looking at a broader marketplace of what companies, bands, you know, galas, birthday parties, weddings can utilize those platforms. And Again, looking at the most basic level, there you have you know these out of the box players, whether they are on social media or a tool like uh, Vimeo's live stream, where anyone you know with a laptop can put their webcam on and send to these tools. And you know, some have basic reactions built into them, likes, thumbs up. Uh, you know, live stream offers. Uh, rudimentary levels of uh, analytics, uh, password protection on their uh, first step of the paid plan. Uh, So you can get a little bit of feature to it, but at the end of the day uh, your, your basic virtual event is more or less a live stream that we've seen in a lot of forms before. I think where you can really get a lot of power out of that but still keeping it as a affordable option is investing a little more in pre-production of your content, uh, getting some graphics together, getting an AV provider, and right now there's uh, a lot of those out there that are eager to assist with your event. Uh, the in-person <laughs> events markets uh, freed up a lot of personnel and gear, and we'll, we'll look at it in that positive light for now. So, uh, you know, you can fairly quickly and easily Deploy, you know, a single camera in your office and stay six feet apart from everyone and uh, be able to bring in some graphics on screen, you know, a lower third, like you see on the news flash the PowerPoint up play a video. Uh, All of that can be done in office uh, or even remotely and then sent to the live stream uh, with without really breaking the bank.
0: So there's so many options when it comes to these virtual events. Uh, and you kind of talk a little bit about breaking the bank um, a little bit. So I mm-hmm. guess to have an idea so far, you know, um, as
1: you're kind of scaling these up, they start to go up in budget typically as well? Uh, absolutely. So when, when we start looking at the Zooms and Skypes, a lot of that can be done, you know, within uh, the, the resources your company may already have. Uh, if, if you're Looking at it from the perspective of a band, you might be wanting to go onto Twitch or Facebook Live. Um, you know, someone might already have some basic camera equipment in your band. You can kind of multi-purpose that and jerry rig something together. If you're looking for a little bit more professionalism there, you're probably going to want to rent a camera. Uh, you know, rent out a studio, uh, some basic audio mixing equipment, and microphones, and so forth then you start talking a couple thousand dollars there Uh, I think looking at your general live stream uh, single channel you know we're just gonna talk in front of this open platform for two hours or four hours whatever it may be and a couple hundred people are gonna watch it and uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna keep it pretty simple you're talking in the low thousands um, you know you you could see it go up to ten fifteen thousand once you start having that on-site studio where you have some professional technicians running your graphics in and out uh, you know again still not getting anywhere near what you might have spent in a traditional marketplace of you know a, a two-screen setup in a ballroom for a day or two days you know that's that's usually going to be more than that at that point so uh, it, it's still providing you with some savings and on the plus side i think it gives a broader market You know a thousand people can watch a live stream a hundred thousand people can watch a live stream the only difference is you're paying for some extra bandwidth so you know there's there's really not a fixed cost you know that oh man we need to add an extra 30 seats in a ballroom well now that doesn't fit in the ballroom and you got to revise the whole event that's that's not a worry anymore you're talking you know maybe you have to pay an extra hundred bucks for the extra bandwidth of those folks uh, now, obviously, yes. once you start getting into some of the more advanced technologies that we're, we're, I'm sure, going to talk about here as we go through, uh, those numbers can go up. So, you know, I think you would still be considering if you're having an expo hall, uh, one-on-one in-person networking sessions and general sessions and multiple breakouts and everything going concurrently and all of that being wrapped into a beautiful platform and. You know, rather than having a massage room, you have uh, yoga instructors doing morning sessions and all that. You're still looking at most of the same elements that you would have had in your uh, in-person event. The only real difference being that your venue rental costs are going to shift to internet and networking rental costs. And your meal budget is probably going away. Uh, unless you're, you know, buying <laughs> shipping Starbucks meals for out your to attendees, yeah, 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 there you go, there you <laughs> go, Uber, Uber eats Eatsing to everybody, yeah, <laughs>
0: exactly, exactly. Well, you kind of teased a little bit about like the the step up from live stream, so mm-hmm. kind of st- start to talk about that transition you go where you start to add additional elements and kind of what that looks like.
1: Sure, I, I think a very popular option that uh, that we're seeing, and you know, please get at us if if you're seeing other options too, uh, whether you're a company or uh, uh, that. You know, as a production company or doing this as your event, uh, you know, we'd, we'd love to hear what you're doing. But uh, I think what we're seeing a lot of is ultimately still a live stream, but packaged up uh, with some fancy tools that make it feel more like a broadcast, more like something you're used to interacting with online already. So what that would entail is, you might have a couple different presenters coming in either remotely, or all going to a single studio site and then broadcasting out from there. And you can actually do a mix of those. So if you want to think about all of this almost like a newscast or the daily show or any of those late nights, uh, there's a lot of options within that to conceptualize your key experience at your event. Um, so you know we still have the live stream element of that, but we can add in uh, you know all the graphic enrichment we already talked about. But then also bring in question and answer platforms, chat boxes. Uh, in rudimentary forms, you can do some basic registration as far as uh, using Google single sign-ons and um, you know capturing a bit of data from that. Uh, most of these streaming platforms out there will give you some level of analytics, so you'll be able to see how many people viewed it, uh, where their IP addresses were from, which you know unless they're doing some. Weird sleuthy stuff on the internet should represent where they actually are. Um, so it it gives you a little bit more of a package there. The question and answer formats can really be engaging. There's a variety of tools out there. Uh, one that I like is called uh, Slido that lets you have question and answer. Uh, there's a beta for an ideas board right now. There's some polling options for it, and uh, it, uh, it it lets the crowd contribute as the event goes along. They can even view the live stream inside of that. Uh, you can put the presenter slides there for future reference. So it, it gives a lot of power in that package. And then, you know, you can start looking at your breakout rooms as maybe that's a place that you want to use these Zoom or Skype tools, but still host it from inside a web page that has all of this information on it. So, you know, where you're uh, conference page maybe right now you might be looking at something more like uh, you know a, a, an agenda your speaker bios but then under that you have a general session tab and then a breakout rooms tab um, there's there's also a, uh, a really interesting pivot from a company called brain dates that uh, you know a lot of people who have been out to the um, you know variety of meeting planning conferences have probably experienced their in-person um, uh, uh, in-person experiences, they are pivoting to provide similar one-on-one or small group uh, you know, focused sessions in in an online platform, and I think that's a really interesting add-on that breaks that wall between, okay, this is a live stream on the internet, we can make it, you know, we can bring in a band and cut to them, you know, there's, there's a variety of uh, songwriting bands that are out there, uh, you know, that that's all fun, it feels like a broadcast, but at the end of the day you can't replace the one-on-one interaction with just a live stream. So that's that's where something like a brain dates, or even just in that most rudimentary form, still encouraging people to log into Zoom rooms around certain topics at certain times can be really impactful. And again, you know, that as that all scales up, we we start seeing more and more cost. You know, one stream is great multi-streaming, uh, you know, multiple streams I guess you can think of like channels on your television each of those is gonna be similar hardware costs so you're not necessarily doubling if you add a second stream but you are gonna see additional cost related to that so I think you know it's it's probably fair to say that if your conference was previously a general session for three days and 10 breakout rooms and you had an expo hall, you know, you're probably going to end up spending as much on AV, plus also, you know, the networking costs you might have been paying for attendee internet, you know, a lot of that budget I think is still going to translate. Uh, so it is important to keep that in mind. If this once was a revenue generating event for you, y- you might have to be more strategic with what you're doing and pare it down to, you know, we see some people going single day TED talks like you know, let's cut some of the presenters that eh, might not have been fantastic presenters, but they had good information. <laughs> you know, you can relay that information to someone who is a skilled presenter or, you know, really dial it back into, all right, we're gonna go to this person who has, you know, some interesting updates about this latest software that we're deploying. You know, they can spend five minutes on it rather than forty-five minutes plus a fifteen minute question and answer in a breakout room. Uh, that, you know, 20 people are sitting in. Now your whole organization can see that five-minute update and, you know, really get the high points of it. So I think there's probably a little more strategy that has to go into your se- uh, session selection. That's a doozy of a word for me right there. Uh, <laughs> there's there's Say it sometimes a, fast. The, yeah, strategy selection, selection session. session. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I think you can really benefit from... Just coming at it more, more in that uh, you know TED Talk broadcast style, than thinking of it more in the scope of a traditional event. So when it comes to these
0: virtual events, too, uh, a lot of what you've been kind of talking about so far has been very synchronous and everything like that as well. What sort of options are out there? for people that maybe want to do a little bit more asynchronous of an event. So what we've talked to a couple of clients about too is like, hey, their event was normally three days. Well, you can't keep someone's attention for 10 hours for three days, right? <laughs> so they're going down to like one day. But also we're seeing as well maybe like an hour each day for seven days or something like that as well. But mm-hmm. also let's talk about the fact that sometimes these events can be launched and they could last forever or whatnot. Can you kind of talk through what you think that looks like?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that's a really interesting area that, we're as an industry just beginning to explore um, because you know as as you were talking about we're, we're all used to okay this session takes place at 9 a.m we'll send out the slides afterwards and that's the extent of the capture of it um, this gives a whole opportunity to not only bring in the larger audience that we were talking about but also um, most of these platforms it may be included or maybe an added cost Uh, They will record and potentially even give you a DVR ability, like, uh, you know, TiVo used to be uh, a couple years back where you could, you know, come in 30 minutes late scroll back to watch the start of the program. You can do that, um, but it's also all going to be recorded on demand from really most, if not all of these platforms. If if someone's not giving you that, I I would challenge the use of that platform at that point, to be honest. Um, That... Will let you have really anyone come back at any point to review it. So, you know, if you had 60 breakouts before, you could still do that and give everyone the option to attend all of them. You don't have to really be super considerate in your timing of them. And, you know, obviously, as long as it's not the same person presenting two at the same time, uh, you know, you could have a nine o'clock and a 10 o'clock that once, you know, had to be separate, they could go back to back now because someone can come back and view it later. I think where that starts to encounter some challenges would be in your moderation and question and answer of it. You know, obviously live a presenter can respond to questions instantly in that moment, but I think what a interesting kind of solution that we've seen uh, already is that you can keep the question and answer page live and either communicate times where the presenter will come back and answer the questions in that platform, potentially do an additional stream, or you can kind of get a summary of maybe you had, uh, you know, the West region was doing breakouts for a day over here. Well, you can kind of pull all of their questions together and say, all right, you know, we did all of that on Wednesday. On Friday, let's all come together for one hour and we're going to do a question and answer session with the six breakout presenters all kind of on one panel. Um, you know that's that's a pretty easy technology solution from the delivery side. Uh, and then you know it's it's just wrapped in the same kind of broadcast wrapper where you have a question and answer and a, uh, a viewing platform on a page. People can come back and get all those questions answered that might have come up uh, during the rest of the conference. So it's uh, I think that's a really interesting opportunity to drive more value than you might see in a normal, you know, okay, we did our breakouts on Tuesday, now we do general session on Wednesday and awards on Thursday. Uh, there might be questions going unanswered. Well, now now we can bring that all back around and talk to it on a more strategic level as a company. I like that. I think uh,
0: you. It brings me back memories of encore sessions at conferences. Where it's, hey, yeah. this presentation was so popular. We're gonna bring them back again. You can see them again. they do it again? But almost what you do is just take that recording. In fact, we did a. Um, Brent and I did a recent presentation on five G. They recorded it, and then they said, you know what, we're gonna do is we're gonna restream it. And, you know, as Brand and I, we can hop in the chat and we'll be able to answer questions live as if we're there as well. And I think that people really appreciate that. And you'll see, like, I think a similar mentality. People think, well, well, people actually do that is uh, if you go to Reddit and they do the AMA sessions, you know, a lot of times they announce and say, hey, for example, Bill Gates is going to be on at this time to this time answering questions. And they do it. And people are totally cool with submitting text questions and then the presenter just ferociously typing in the background. And now you're just layering additional content on top of that, right?
1: Yeah, exactly. I I think it's an experience that we've seen at uh, a a fair number of larger conferences, but now it's really accessible to everyone. Um, You know, again, like we talked about earlier, you're really just paying for bandwidth at that point. Uh, Depending on your technology deployment, you might have some additional cost in keeping personnel around to send out that link and monitor your presenters. But compared to oh, we have to extend the general session by a day to do this, you know, that's going to be a $60,000 cost, it's it's not going to be anywhere near that. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunity that we're just beginning to scratch as far as repeatability of content. And I think that can even apply towards uh, people attempting to earn continuing education credits. Um, there's some platforms, again, that's going to be a premium feature for a lot of platforms out there uh, it, because it's going to require some integration and some more de- detailed analytics and logins, but it, it is possible to track and say, okay, as long as the person lo- logs into their live stream, uh, you know, we'll know that that login is viewing a page. And you know, it'll be able to most likely, depending on your platform, tell you, okay, this person watched the whole time, or you could even integrate quizzing at the end of your uh, session of okay, you have to get a 80% to earn credit for the session. Um, Now, anyone could go back at the end of the show and watch all of them. And if they really want to knock out their CEUs, then they'll watch all 50 breakouts, answer all the quizzes. You know, it's it's a great opportunity that in in a virtual environment, you really couldn't do uh, on site at an event. I love it. I love this. This is so cool because
0: I think it just opens up so many possibilities of, I mean, honestly, what's possible. I know that makes no sense at all as for the sentence, but it's just super duper exciting what is coming down the the pipeline.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and Um, I think we're just going to keep seeing more and more innovation in the space as as a lot of the companies that previously delivered on site experiences start to consider how they're going to do that live or uh, virtually. Sorry.
0: Yeah, and I think that's, that's one of the great things right now is we're kind of in this golden age of virtual events that now there's all this, you know, virtual events we're seeing, you know, maybe 1% of the market, 2% of the market. Now they're seeing 100% of the market or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 80% because there's, there's still events I haven't quite converted over. Andrew, can you talk a little, a little bit more about the what's possible? Is there anything else that, like, you think that is absolutely crazy that you can see happening with virtual events or things that people don't know is possible? Anything that you think is really exciting?
1: yeah I'm, I'm very interested to see where this goes as far as the uh scale of how the content is presented um because you know we we have seen ted talks before but i i think there's going to be a lot of interesting synergies you know esports has been getting bigger and bigger i think that kind of mentality and gamification is going to start translating into virtual events so it's it's still a f- as far as I know, and, you know, if if anyone out there knows of technologies that are, uh, you know, leading edge on this, I'd love to know more about them. But I think you're going to see a lot of gaming elements brought into these virtual conferences. Uh, You know, I think we're also going to see a very heavy concentration of, you know, fitness programs, employee wellness, that it may not even be a virtual event. It may be companies that now that they have employees, you know, sitting at home, they might say, "Okay, well, you know, we used to have a gym at the office that five people used regularly, and that was it. Well, you know, we we know everyone's sitting at home, we can offer you this, you know, one hour session each morning. You know, Tuesdays Zumba day at home, and Wednesday is circuit training at home. You know, I think there's a whole lot of kind of intermediate, not necessarily conference events. You know, bands can get on." And present themselves in new ways, doing question answer with their fans. Um, yeah, I, I think that whole realm is just beginning to be opened uh, as far as how you're going to, you know, participate in this from home. Since it, it does look like right now that this may be going on for at least a couple months, um, if, if not longer. And I expect once people see how easy it is to do this, that it's going to be more frequent, you know. You used to come together for a quarterly regional meeting that everyone had to travel for and, let's be honest, a lot of people didn't really want to do it because, you know, you're sitting in a ballroom in an off-city hotel that is kind of inconvenient to get to. Wait, Andrew, are you speaking from experience right now? Well, we'd go to coffee shops rather than ballrooms. Yeah, 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 I think we keep it fresh, even if it was a little chilly in Chicago but uh, <laughs> hey, no you know you see so many people that dread going to their you know smaller meetings because you're not experiencing that flare that you know oh yeah we're gonna give away trips to cabo for the top sales leaders and you know we have this a-list band coming into play for y'all it's more you know three hours of content delivery or three days of uh 10 hours a day of just content delivery from a stage from the regional execs you know it's not always engaging but now you can do this all virtually, and a lot of people are going to be forced to do and realize, like, huh, maybe maybe we don't need to spend that expense. Maybe we can have a little more fun with it and, you know, provide an option that's not 30 hours of speaking from a stage and, you know, feeding people coffee for the entire time <laughs> to try to keep them awake. <laughs> i I mean you bring up such a good point too i mean about
0: this idea that like a lot of this might be resembling itself um now um, after remote work and kind of what's possible with remote work too Mm -hmm. so you know i think that we're obviously seeing two booms in two industries virtual events and then also the idea of remote work as well um so i think definitely it's smart for you to say like hey like let's think about this from not just a one-time event thing but maybe a continually running thing. Um, that sort of, uh, of options as well. What, what other stuff do you got from the creative side of what's possible out here?
1: Uh, I think there's revenue streams that are not normally available at uh, conferences and pulling a little bit actually from the concert and festival market. They've, they've been going more and more virtual for years. So, you know, you see the live streams from, uh, you know, a lot of the major festivals now. Well, I think we're gonna see people start to borrow from that idea of okay we can have a conference merch store, we're gonna have a festival merch store and have that online and exhibitors can sell through it and you know the conference can sell through it or you know you can work with a fulfillment company to make sure all of those elements are getting delivered and a lot of them even have uh, you know kind of embeddable or uh, you know they they'll build the store and provide login uh, to it so it's, it's a service that's not necessarily hard to set up. Uh, so I think that's going to be an interesting, interesting revenue generation opportunity. And I think it's also going to be interesting to watch people that are in the digital ad space, start to learn how to monetize this as well. Because, you know, where where a conference vendor might have once had the, you know, 15 minute speaker slot on stage, and you know, the I think there's some mixed reactions to that. And you know mixed impact of it uh, de- depending on how engaging the sponsor is, you know the the marketing team of these companies could put together a thirty second ad spot or you know a two minute ad spot or whatever you want to give them, and you can now have your sponsors advertising in your conference videos because uh, I, I think a lot of people are going to want to take breaks after fifteen minutes after thirty minutes. you know we're all conditioned to that from television and you know if we're, not subscribed to the you know top end Netflix or Hulu streams, we get those ads there too. It's it's almost conditioned and expected, um, and I think that's that's a great revenue opportunity to still keep key sponsors on with you that you know maybe like how, how do we get value out of this? How do we get placement here? You know, we can put you on the web page of course, but we can also give you ad rolls in the middle of our content, and you know just send a little chat from your software of all right fifteen or you know. We're coming up on 15 minutes. We're going to take two minutes off, refresh the presenters, get everyone, you know, get them water in between, come back from the ad, just like, you know, a TV spot. That's awesome.
0: I love it. That's fantastic. Andrew, I think you're you're full of so many ideas and what is totally possible with these virtual events. And I think one of the big things that you hit on is like, and really anything's really possible when it comes to this, correct?
1: Yeah, I think. I think there's very few parts of a in-person conference that can't be replicated uh, in some form or fashion, and I- effectively so. Um, I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. It's really, uh, you know, for, from our side, we don't have to push from a loading dock into your ballroom anymore, so that, <laughs> that's pretty exciting. <laughs> Bonus. <laughs> don't have to uh, unload any trucks, so we're we're <laughs> excited about that. But uh, I, I think there's there's going to be some growing pains as as with any Major industry shift. Um, you know, it, it's it's unrealistic at this point to expect that events are gonna go perfectly and that all the integrations that you possibly could want are there. You know, I, I think a a dream is gonna be a lot of companies are using their CRMs, whether it be Salesforce or HubSpot or any of those. You know, there will be a day where all of that can integrate into your viewing platforms and you can collect the data from those as you would on your websites and landing pages. it's. I think it could be done now, but it's going to be a little painful. There's a lot of web development aspects behind that, so some of the data that you desire is going to be tough to get, I think, in the near term. Uh, I I would imagine fairly quickly, six months to a year, that all of that is going to be considered, put out there. and, and I think it, it may provide even more metrics and more connection than you've ever been able to get on site. You know, that's you go to any of the conferences lately, and it's, you know, how do we get data from people? How do we see who's subscribing to what? Who's interacting with what vendors? You know, there's all this the, the beacon technology that's starting to take off. There's interactive things that are, honestly, they're capturing your experiences and how you're interacting with them and using that data. Uh, now all of that is done through a computer that, they can embed in you know as long as you're compliant with california gdpr and uh, any future legislation around that then you know it's it's a captive audience with you know willingness to already share data with you so i I think that's an area that's going to be a tough point for people but will eventually become a great asset
0: i couldn't agree any (laughs) more Andrew, seriously, it's been so awesome. I know we're coming to our end of our time together, but um, I wanted to thank you for for coming on the show. I know we're probably gonna be doing a lot more episodes on virtual events. I have a feeling coming in the future. <laughs> so um, I'm sure we're gonna be walking you back to talk a little bit more about specific technologies and what is possible. But if you if you're curious, I would love to know if you've seen something that we haven't seen. Um, you know, you can reach us directly at eventtechpodcast@helloendless.com. at helloendless.com. Shoot us an email and let us know if you've seen something that we didn't talk about. About that you think is really, really cool, or you want us to explore, or, hey, is this possible, and you want us to talk about it, we'd love to know. Um, and then let us know, too, if, if there's any sort of topic related to virtual events that you want to know on a technology standpoint. You know that the Event Tech Podcast is a place to go, so we hope to see you really soon. Um, Andrew, thank you so
1: much for coming on the show. We'll- Absolutely. Thank you for the opportunity to be here, and uh, I, I hope it uh, helps alleviate a lot of concerns from people that... Are uh, you know having to present a uh, virtual event to their board? <laughs> absolutely,
0: absolutely. Well, stay tuned. We got more Event Tech Podcasts coming soon, and uh, we can't wait to see you guys all next time on the Event Tech podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Event Tech Podcast. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcasting app. Also, be sure to head to eventtechpodcast.com and leave us a comment about this week's episode. We'll see you next week on the Event Tech Podcast.